Let's go! The Football Frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Coville, the company, live from Silver Sevens. It's Thursday. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Steve on his way out there to South Bend because UNLV has got a matchup with Notre Dame. But all the specials and everything we do on Thursdays remain the same. So if you got nowhere to watch the game, Silver Sevens is the spot right here on Flamingo Paradise. All NFL games, 22-ounce Bud Light drafts, two hot dogs, two bag of chip specials for $7.77, and a 77-cent bottles that's also good for VGK games, which, by the way, we have one later tonight, too. So this thing's going down all night long. Make sure you come down, check it out, say what's up. Also got prizes for you if you want to grab them, including, hey, how about this? Special date, my friends. November 11th, my birthday. Fresno State UNLV. Can't wait. Uh, But first... 364-1100, 364-1100, 364-1100, caller number six, Jared, is going to get tickets. Yes, that's right, VGK tickets. Taking on Toronto, October 24th, 7 p.m. puck drop over at T-Mobile. 364-1100, 364-1100, caller number six, call Jared, and you can get those bad boys a pair. Check it out. All right, football stuff. First off, I'm going to read exactly what was sent over to me. Is there a show on Saturdays with you and, and you and Gooch, Willie? Is that is, is that is that true? <laughs> Bro, it's more than a show. It's an extravaganza. Wow. I heard that Raiders legend Frank Hawkins told Gooch and Willie on Saturday's program, I hear it's called Throw the Flag, that the is that is that what it's called? Throw the Flag. Oh, look at that. That the Raiders don't have that traditional gritty Raider attitude. Expand on this, Willie, if you will. So yeah, Frank came on and you know, we usually go through our little uh, old Vegas talk. We have this banter because you know we come from the old days he went to western i went to clark very old days sort of the old streets of the original northwest but we got past that and i asked him what was going on with his one in four raiders and he said you know there is an old school gritty grimy nasty raider attitude the days of the raiders the you know the the uh the Jack Lambert Steeler Steel Curtain, the Dallas Cowboy Doomsday Defense, the Monsters of Midway Bears, that nasty, filthy attitude. He said he just doesn't see it. But then, he, you know, he said, you know, I love the way Josh Jacobs run. They need to get back to running the football. They have to keep doing that. He said, but you know who's got it? And he, he named one person. He says he steps up. He likes the way he hits people. You know what else he said? I talked to him again yesterday. Because okay. I, I told him I was going to write a story about this. I reached out for uh, AP, and I actually did something. Um, I, I talked to Mike Haynes, legendary Mike Haynes. talked to Eric Allen. So I got some stuff from some old school Raiders on this. Um, and the difference is in yesterday in the locker room, I was talking to several other guys. But I went up to the young cat, mm-hmm. and I told him the story. And he was quite appreciative. He, even, he said, hey, take my number down. Get me in a three-way in a group message with 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 Frank Hawkins, so but do you know who that was? Who would you think has an old school nasty hit him, hit him, hit him hard mentality? Derek Carr, clearly. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's obviously Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram. Something about Jonathan Abram, despite all of his PFF rankings and despite the fact that there are air quote experts out there that have him and Clee Farrell on the trade back. I love when everybody buys into all the BS, even if it's, you know, it's true. Like all of a sudden everybody's on board and they, they're in the know, right? Or they, or they think that PFF is the end all to be all. 
So oh. the fact of the matter is, is Drake Hawkins loves to play a Jonathan Abram. But there is something to be said. I asked Jonathan Abram. I asked Denzel Perryman. I asked Chandler Jones. I asked Brandon Bolden. Both sides of the ball, John Simpson. And a lot of it was, yeah, they he get, they get it. They understand. You know, there's a there's that mentality of being able to get down there and get nasty and grimy. But there's rule changes. You know, are you going to get flagged? Said one of one of the guys said, last thing you want to do is come in on a Tuesday and have that FedEx letter that you've been fined. Mm-hmm. I was a little more surprised that they get a FedEx letter. Right. Yeah, you got expedited from league offices. You know. Yeah, I guess if that's how it arrives, you know. Okay. So let's, let's let's focus on first off one of one of your uh, your snarky points that you made there. Yeah. You realize that it's not just PFF that says Jonathan Abram, to put it kindly, has a lot to work on with his game. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, but I wasn't also... knocking that. I was just saying, like, like there's some people that that don't buy into anything else in every aspect of a pro football focus from every grade. So it's the end all to be all is what I meant. I'm not just saying that Jonathan, that, that it's not true. Okay. The guy's got shoddy numbers, but he's also, what is he? He's third in the team in solo tackles. He's fourth on the team in combo tackles. He's, he's one of the leading tacklers on the team. It's just that he gets beat a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a strong argument made that tackles are a very, it's an inaccurate stat to measure good defensive play. The combos I, I agree with because if you jump in at the and you're right. the second guy, but co- but solos he's he's ranked higher. You also I, I would argue don't want your safety being your leading yeah, tackler. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> don't. You definitely don't. And I think Divine Diablo right. is up there as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but it, it was more interesting that it wasn't as interesting that it, that he named him. It was more so just that the, the the talk of that the Raiders have to get back to traditional Raider football in order to start winning again. That was Frank Hawkins' talk. And this is a guy who's won a Super Bowl with the Frank with with the Raiders back in the eighties when they were in L.A. And just getting back to that, Eric Allen and, and Mike Haynes. Mike Haynes sent me a lengthy novel via text, uh, legendary Raider. Um, and, and a lot of it, they they admitted, hey, you know, these days the league is siding on safety, player safety, and that's important. We get it. The equipment is upgraded, so that's one thing. But, you know, it, it, it's more so the – I asked him, can it take away from the mindset of preparation to get into gritty mode, get into old-school Raider mentality? Do the rules take you away from that, you know? Uh, we sort of saw it um, – what game was it with Max Crosby? Mm-hmm. And he broke into the backfield, and he, he wrapped up, and then he didn't take him to the ground, but they, they whistled it before he could even do anything. Right. So they knew that he wasn't going to escape Max Crosby's grasp. So, um, part, you know, so defenders have to think about that. Is it, though, that you take the field going, okay, well, you can only go so far. You can't, only, you can't have that nasty mentality even when you go on the field because how do you stop it? You want to execute. So I, I just found it interesting that he said that. It just ha- that just happened to be the guy that he named. Congratulations, by the way, to Joseph. Won our tickets, VGK tickets we've been giving out here on Cofield and Company. So congratulations, Joseph. Hope you enjoy the game. Really hope you enjoy the game on October 24th. All right, mindset is actually a good theme. Mac Jones, he's going to play Monday night against Chicago. It has been uh, put out there. He's been getting closer to return. He was medically cleared late last week, but they still gave the start to Bailey Zappi. And so it does seem that uh, Mac Jones is expecting to be ready for that matchup that's according to uh, ESPN report and multiple other reports. 
I find this interesting, though, because I want to play this clip. And uh, this, uh, the voice you're going to hear is one of Ben Volin, who covers the New England Patriots and is a good media member out there in Boston. This came down a couple of days ago uh, when he appears on Sports Talk Radio out in Boston and brings up the fact that he believes that, actually he didn't believe, he was told by a source, Mac Jones? I don't know, maybe an attitude problem. Someone reached out in my DMs and said, yeah, Mac's um, uh, his attitude problem is obvious in the building and everyone knows it. So, like, you know, whoa, not whoa. just not just not just a random. Take, I mean, take that for what it's worth. But um, so somebody you know. re- so somebody reached out and said that Mac has an attitude problem and everybody in the building knows it. Sounds like well, not, that, this, yeah. so- this sounds like nonsense to me, honestly. <laughs> that is the voice of Greg Hill, part of the Greg Hill show um, over on WEI. I think it sounds like nonsense as well, and I wanted to pick your brain on this uh, as a reporter because listen to Volin continue to go on here where he brings it up, but then he tries kind of like downplay it. My question is why even bring it up in general? Ben, just quickly because this is this story is going to go big the second we post it. So you got a direct message from someone within the Patriots organization or someone who covers the Patriots? Not from someone who covers the Patriots, but I, I, I'm not I'm not going any further than that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it as a report, just as yeah, you know, Whispers. someone else yeah. chiming in with an opinion. <laughs> the streets are talking. The streets ben. are talking. That's what I like to say, Ben. The streets are talking. Do with it what you want. Call it a report. Do what you want. I'm just telling you, it's not like anything. I'm going to go like splashing all over the pages of the Boston Globe today. I'm just uh, further illuminating stuff that I've heard. Do what you want. Call it a report. That's come on. Because here's the deal, Willie, and this is why I want to bring this up too. Uh, from Barstool Sports, apparently, and I hate stupid nicknames like this, but I'll use it because it's their thing. One of their stoolies, their fans, actually just sent Ben Volin a message and said it, made it all up, and then Volin went and used it on Sports Talk Radio out in Boston. So it was a setup. So it was fake. Well, and that's just it. Is he he didn't he wouldn't confirm where it came from or what what from what context? He just kind of was like, ah, do what you want, you know. Uh, so if it didn't come from, even if it came, if he would have said it came from the organization, but did not say it was one of the players, I still would have said it's 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 nonsense because it, you don't know if it's affecting the locker room unless it's coming from an exact from a player. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, uh, a PR staff member could. Be pissed off because, and I and I, I let's just put it this way: there are three pro teams in that I'm about to do what this guy just did. There are three pro teams in this town. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that in the past few years, I've heard from one PR person that said that one of the athletes was extremely difficult to deal with and has an attitude problem. Those words. Okay, does that mean that that's causing a problem with it, that there needs to be a change? Or, need, or did that person just tell the PR person because of pandemic issues, because I'm not doing it. I'm, no. not doing the, I'm not doing the Zoom. I'm not doing the Zoom. Whatever. You know, d- did he pick on him? You know, did, whatever. Was that the issue? It's pretty you know, in- are, are Are there, are there you know, were there issues with, if someone were to complain about when Liz Cambage was here? You know, but I could I could name at least five people who didn't see any any negative side to Liz Cambage. 
You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So this guy just throwing that out there from a DM without seeing it someone with it. Unless you're going to and, – and, and, and you know what? If you want to source it, that's fine. But at least say it's, it's from the organization. It's within the locker room. It's a teammate. It's one of 53 guys. Okay, you don't have to go any further. Nobody's going to figure it out. But to just the way that he approached that, it's nonsense. All right, let's get to the baseball. Uh, we do have NLCS. And, yeah, shockingly enough, the ALCS and the NLCS are still uh, underway. I say that facetiously because nobody pays attention to baseball. Everybody does. John Marks, host 94 WIP Radio in Philadelphia, is going to join us next. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Cofield and Company is live at the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Cofield today, Jonathan Von Tobel, Willie Ramirez filling in. But Silver 7's is still the spot, so make sure you come down. we got prizes for you and check out any of their game day specials. Uh, and it's a busy day, as we talked about. I think, what was it, the number I had, the 26th, 27th time in 27th, history? You said 27th. 27th time in history uh, that the National Football League, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, and... Uh, National Basketball Association will all be playing on the same day. Got some playoff baseball to talk about. John Marks, host, 94 WIP Radio out in Philadelphia, is nice enough to give us some time today. John, we appreciate it. There's also some Vegas ties uh, to this Philly team that we can hit on too, but I wanted to hit your, like, just get your thoughts, John. I mean, I think you can correct me on this. 7-13 and 13 in the last 20 games of the regular season for Philly. You're down in that ninth inning against St. Louis. What has this ride been like from like your standpoint for the Phillies to get to now a 1-1 tie going back home in the NLCS? Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm, I, so I do um, – I'm 2 to 6 p.m. So that day we were coming on um, after the Phillies game, that game against the, against the Cardinals. And you're right. It was the ninth inning. They were down two runs. Uh, Reese Hoskins struck out, so there was one out in the inning. I was writing the eulogy for the Phillies. I was like, all right, well, you know, they're going to lose this game. They're probably going to get swept. And, you know, what are they doing in the offseason to try to make themselves better? They have a veteran team. They don't have a lot of young players that are good, young, solid players or star players. And they, they score six runs in that inning. They win. They sweep the Cardinals. They beat the Braves in four. And now they're tied 1-1 coming back to Philly and you have the next three games in Philly, it's unbelievable. And it, it's, what, it makes, it's what makes baseball great is that you can have something like this where you have the second wild card and the third wild card playing for the NLCS and you have the rest of the, you know, the Braves and the Mets and the Dodgers being like, oh, it's not fair. There should be more games. They, had a, they, had a, they, they played a three-game series. We were sitting for a week. It's unfair. And it gives them an advantage for sure, but it kind of adds to the intrigue and makes things more interesting. Yep. So well, it, I'll continue. I'm no, sorry. No, and, no, and you're right. Like, they got swept by the Cubs at the end of September. They got right. swept yep. by the Cubs in the end of September when they, were, when they were fighting to make the playoffs. And after they get swept, it's like, those teams aren't going to make the bleep in playoffs. And now they're three games away from going to the World Series, three wins away from going to the World Series. And when you talk about that close, John was talking about it's actually they, were, they lost 13 of their last 20, but they also won, if I'm not mistaken, 15 of their last 21 home games. And now they're going to throw Ranger Suarez, who has been lights out against the Padres. Um, being able to steal that game one is uber important, but now coming home, they realistically have a good chance of sweeping it home and taking control of this series. Yeah, Suarez and Musgrove. Suarez 
went seven and a third this year against the Padres in a start, actually up against Musgrove. Musgrove, I think, gave up six runs in six innings. So they're one start against each other this year. Ranger Suarez got the better of it. Now, Suarez started uh, against the Braves and had five walks. Yeah, I don't even think he made it out of the fourth inning. Yep. Um, so, like, but he's been effective this year. So they, Padres definitely have the advantage as far as the pitching matchups in game three because then in game four the Phillies are probably going – with a Syndergaard to start, or maybe a, a total bullpen game, um, so it makes you, it makes you a little nervous because, like, yeah, you have the home field advantage, and it really gave the Phillies a lift. They have the starting pitching advantage. So, to me, this game's going back to San Diego, and you might have Zach Wheeler trying to win it, or Aaron Nola trying to win a game six in San Diego, and then Suarez would end up going game seven. So, I think this is going six or seven easy, and from there, it's, it's who wants to win more. So as we look at this series and, and as we kind of move forward here, you mentioned the pitching advantage. Uh, from a lineup standpoint, I mean, that's kind of been the story, right? Bryce Harper's been absolutely fantastic. This lineup has been churning out runs and in clutch situations. Uh, is this something where, hey, look, this Phillies lineup is just a little hot at the right time, or do you see this sustaining itself for whatever the length of this postseason is going to be for the Phillies? Yeah, the, Reese Hoskins is very streaky. Yep. Uh, Kyle Schwarber it's somewhat tricky, too. I know that he hit a banged-up knee, and that's what they were saying for, for why he was pulled. He also is a two ten hitter, right? So he hits a lot of home runs, and he'll get on base because he walks a lot. But you know, he's pretty much a home run, a walker, not much else. I mean, the, the lineup is good. I think the most important thing is being able to score runs without hitting home runs. And it's going to be cold here in Philly. It's going to be in the 40s probably for, for any of these night games. So game two of uh, the game, the ball was flying. It's not going to like this. So the team manufacture runs, clutch hitting. I think it's going to be the team that wins the majority of these three games in Philly. Yeah, you and you nailed it. This is, I mean, that's one thing when I'm writing up analysis on the Phillies. It's always about, it's their numbers aren't gaudy. It's more about timely hitting and at any given time like nobody's impressive like I'm looking at the numbers of the current hitters against Musgrove there's nothing really that stands out uh Segura he hits he's hit 333 lifetime against him after that it's really hit or miss it's more about timely hitting and learning how to as you said manufacture um JVT brought up Bryce Harper I want to talk about Bryson Stott because he actually has been hit or miss for the team the entire season, but he seemed to have stepped up when the team needs him. How have you seen his growth over the season? Yeah, it's been amazing. Joe Girardi didn't want to play him. He did not get a lot of time, and it felt like that coming out of spring training, he had earned a lot of at-bats. And Girardi's one of these coaches or managers that don't like to play the young players. And it, 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 it was something that it, it, it contributed to the, to the chemistry in the clubhouse because the Phillies players – one of the for these young, particularly Harper, they're close, obviously, with the Las Vegas connection. Um, but Edie, who was stop with Girardi in in New York, he's the starting shortstop with the Phillies. He was terrible, but let go. And Rob Thompson became the manager. Immediately, the young players started playing, and immediately you felt the bump and the jump. Because when you look at good teams. Really in any sport, but in particular in baseball, you need a good mix of veteran players, young players that give the energy and the exuberance, pitchers, etc. And it's something that Scott has really added to this roster. He he had he had a bat in the in the Atlanta series 
where he fouled off four or five two-strike pitches and then ended up getting a double, and it was an RBI double, and it was a huge spot in the game. So if you look at his numbers, they're not overwhelming, but I would say the player's better than the stats based on what you saw out of him this year. He's impressive. He's come up in big spots. He's versatile. And he certainly, like, I don't think Bryson Stott's going to be an all-star in Major League Baseball. I think he's going to be an average to above-average player that, that, that comes up big and is a big part of the fabric of a winning club. He's a winning player. He's a winning player. So, and he's been a part of this Phillies winning as well. Talking to John Marks, host of 94 WIP Radio in Philadelphia. You mentioned the, the mix of veterans with young guys and how that sort of that blend has been nice. I tend to think that if Bryson Stott was on any other team, the times that he struggled with Philly, would they would be longer on another team. And the reason he was able to bounce out of them, him and Bryce Harper have a long-standing relationship long before he got here, obviously being from Las Vegas. I think that his sort of his involvement in his life they're 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 they vacation together with with their uh with their uh with bryce bryce harper's wife and and bryson's uh girlfriend they 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 have a bond i think that's been sort of bryson's best sort of attribute or not actually strength and backbone of being part of this organization yeah and like when we talk about i mean the clubhouse was really off the party if you're and your best little bro, essentially, not playing, then, you know, he's going to feel a certain way about that. And, in fact, Bryce came out right after Joe got let go and they had some wins right away. He talked about now the young players playing and how important that was for the team. So, Bryce really wasn't mincing words when it came to that. But, I mean, he's he's been a big bro to Bryson. Um, Alex Bohm, who's their young third baseman, high draft pick, another first-round draft pick, he's been very good with him. They have a really good mix of veterans because Bryce isn't the most vocal guy as far as being a leader, but Kyle Schwarber's that guy. You know what I mean? Kyle Schwarber's the guy that knows how to kind of handle the clubhouse and let Bryce deal with what Bryce has to deal with. So it's a good mix, and Bryce has been a big a big part of it. He really has. He's their engine, and when he's rolling, the Phillies are normally rolling. All right, John, uh, we'll get you out of here on this. National League Championship Series winner is who? Oh, I mean, I think it's the Phillies in seven games, yeah. and it's it's going. It's I, I would be shocked if the Phillies won the next three. They're just not good enough, and like the Padres and the Phillies are very very similar teams. Um, I think it comes down to who's the bigger money team when it comes to a game six or a game seven, and that's why I'll, that's why I'll bet on the Phillies because Bryce Harper and this team have been finding ways to win. And they've been doing it in different ways. So sometimes it's Zach Wheeler throwing throwing an unbelievable start. Sometimes it's Bryce Mashing home runs. Sometimes it's a Reese Hoskin home run. Sometimes it's an Alec Boehm, a Gene Segura. They've won so many different ways. And when teams do that, that's who I normally think is the better team in the playoffs and who wins in the playoffs. So that's why I would – and I work and live and I'm a Phillies fan. Yeah. So that's why I'm – John Marks, he spells John the right way, by the way. No H. John, good to talk to you, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 94 WIP Radio out in Philadelphia. Good time to be out in Philly, huh? Yeah. Eagles flying. It's a good time. You know, where we talked about this, uh, Cofield and I talked about it's a good time to be in Philly. It's a good time to be in the state of New York. Yeah, it's a good point. I know Up and down. Yeah. Western New York, down in the city. People, there's, people always call Buffalo North. It's there, not. There's a franchise uh, that you did not mention in there, though, that uh, <laughs> I didn't love mention to laugh anybody. At. 
I just mentioned Yeah, I mean, states. I'm talking about your notes. Your notes that you sent over. You mentioned a oh. bunch of New York franchises. There was one you didn't mention. All right, we'll take our break here. Um, I have controversial opinions. I have controversial opinions. And when they come to food, I think crab sucks. Daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pint shots and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. That threw me off. I don't know why. I thought it was going to go like just cut and the weird music. Totally, you heard me just die down there. I kind of like it, though, now that it's playing. John Mottol will fill in it for Steve Cofield. Obviously doing a tremendous job. William Ramirez alongside. We call this, of course, Mottol y los Vatos. Live at Silver Sevens. Come down. Thursday Night Football. We'll talk in depth about what's going to happen between the, uh, the Birds, the Cardinals, and the Saints in a little bit. Excuse me, I'm looking for something. Right There's now. a lot of food days, as usual. Yeah. So today is National Chicken and Waffles Day. That you sent this in. Mm-hmm. I have a confession to make. I have never tried chicken and waffles. Why? It's just never. Well, one, I don't know about a place out here that serves it. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's just never come across where I've had the opportunity to try it. It is not something that I've actively avoided. I feel like it would be a good combo. Obviously, the very surface-level analysis of salty and sweet probably works out pretty well. Um, but I've never tried chicken and waffles before. Never. It's not bad. Um I can tell you that there have been some morning games at VGK, like the noon games, and when they serve breakfast, they've done it. Like the first year, they did it a couple times. It was outstanding. Really? There's a place on the original west side, if you will, um, West Las Vegas, historic West Las Vegas. There's one place in particular I go to um, that I'll get chicken and waffles there. Um, I don't, I'm not a big, like I won't make them. I won't make it. Oh, that seems like that would be a really big pain in the butt. It, well, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, it was, like, it like if I'm going to do fried chicken or does it have to be just any chicken? No, it's got to be fried chicken. Right? Okay, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, and it's usually chicken, chicken wings, like like chicken wings that you get in the store, like the, where the drummy and the flat still connected. Right. And they, you know, and it's deep fried with the nice crunchy breading. So, that's a it. nightmare to make, like to deep fry the chicken well, and here's to the make thing. the waffles. It's a nightmare. You think about it, it's a nightmare because it's morning. Like if this was a if this was a nighttime thing, like this is this is breakfast or brunch. It's not like dinner, which you can eat it for dinner. I mean, you can get it, but you know because I go through the production again. Well, if you know if you weren't a swiper on IG, you would see the the cooking videos that I put up. But I yeah, go I'm tap, through. Tapper, I go, not a swiper. Tapper. Swipe tap. Swiping swiping for other apps where some of you animals. You go on there and you just you hyper swipe in one direction, hoping for a connection. It's not me. Uh, the but the but the big production in the morning is tough to do. Would be tough to do for me with deep frying chicken. I could go through a. I'd go through some big. I usually make a big breakfast, like a big mm-hmm. to do about breakfast. But I'm not deep frying chicken and what. But besides, I'm conscious of the especially right now the caloric intake and how much protein and carbs, all that. So yeah, no. But it's a very. I, I do recommend that you at least get it. I want to try it once. At least once. Yeah. yeah, I want to try it once. Yeah. R. Croft 74 up on Twitter points out Hash House Agogo. Famous for them, apparently. So i got to try it out. Well, Haven't been there in a minute. Have to. There's Lolo's. There's a, there's is a, that a, out here? Is that in Las Vegas? Because the reason why I know that, Agogo. so former running rebel Chris Clyburn, um, I follow him on Instagram, among some other athletes, and for some reason like he would, he would always post, I think it's him, he would always post that he would go there. So those are out in Las Vegas. 
at Lolo's? Because obviously the famous chain is Roscoe's, right? Yeah, but here's the thing. But that's I, not out here. No, but I'm not going to go to places like that. Because it's kind of like, those are like gimmicky. like Not gimmicky. Those are the ones like, okay, you got, you got to go there. You got to stop there, right? You got to, well, okay, well, we got to go to Roscoe's. Like, I want to find, like, for me, like, if I go on it in historic West Las Vegas, I'm going to Grits Cafe. Okay. Like, there's, like, you got to get there. Like, if you go on a Sunday, everybody's coming in after church, man. It's, it's packed. I mean, there might be, like, seven tables in there, six tables, everybody, and you're right up against each other. You know what I mean? The tabletops are four, and then there's a couple up against the wall with the bench be, um, um, built in. I can't think of the place that's on Rainbow, Rainbow and Lake Mead. There's a place that's really good I was introduced to during the NBA Summer League. Um, you know who introduced me? Do you remember the day we had Taj Cole? She mm-hmm. was here from Athletes with them. She introduced me to that place because she knew somebody who had been telling – it was a videographer who worked there. His uncle owned it. Mm. So, anyway – Yes, I highly recommend that you try it, and I highly recommend that you try it at like a like a hole in the wall, not a place that's like a popular, trendy place. You want to go someplace where you know you gotta go, and it's like it's one of the places you walk in, and it's, you can feel the grease when you're walking on the floor. Okay, you know that that's a good place. Okay, yeah, I'm in. I like it. Okay. I will try it. All right. I will not be eating crab anytime soon. Send the story over. Alaska cancels snow crab season amid population declines. I feel like my takeaway should be, oh, my God, the crab population is declining, global warming, our planet, you know, Mother Gaia, planet's falling apart, the future of the planet in which my sons will live on, yada, yada, yada. My takeaway was actually that I don't like crab at all. Why, now, do you not like crab because you're not a seafood person, or is it that, that they're a pain to crackle? It's, it's they're a pain to eat. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm also, you know what I'm weird about? Um, and my son is starting to do this. I'm not big on getting my fingers dirty. Like, so, like... Don't so, get me started on that. You know what I mean? So, like, during, like, if I'm eating chicken wings, for example, or ribs, yeah. and I enjoy those foods, but I will consistently, really, like, have a wet nap. I need to, like, yeah. wipe my fingers in between because I don't like my fingers getting dirty. And now obviously I, that happens. Now, I don't mind eating my wings or ribs with my hands. You know what I've become completely... I mean, it's, it's terrible to say this, but I've been a fanatic... Since last winter, I wash my dishes with rubber gloves, and I keep a box of meal prep gloves on my counter. Like yesterday, last night I dozed off for a couple hours, but I still need to get one meal in and X amount of protein in. I had defrosted 15 shrimp, specific size, specific weight. All they needed to do was be peeled and, and just rinsed off, mm-hmm. but they are already soaking in water. Put the meal prep gloves on, peeled them, deshelled them. And then, and then put the seasoning and rubbed them together and then took the gloves off. Like, I, for whatever reason, I cannot touch. And I used to be a guy who, like, you know, like I would get, like, the two pounds of ground turkey with the one pound of lean ground beef, mix it all together, get the seasonings in there, and then make some lean burgers. Mm-hmm. Got to have meal prep gloves on now. I don't know where the mindset, why, where it changed. It just did. But now I just not, I'm not touching food. I do it for health reasons. I don't want to get into my health history. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's a dark. It's a dark path, Willie. I just get cuts on my hands all the time, so I, I can't really touch raw meat. That's all it is. You just don't want the sting of the chicken wing sauce. Yeah, I mean, I feel like touching raw meat with open cuts on my hands probably not a good combination. No, that's probably not a good combination. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think the rubber glove thing started with the washing was the, uh, and well, I guess this ties in with the meal prep gloves is putting them on. Are they black? What? No, those are different. I, love, I want I those love temperature a good cooking video. I have yet to Wait watch a, a cooking video. Hold on, hold on. I have yet to watch a cooking video where the person is wearing black gloves and the food sucks. 
I'm a little offended that you're watching black glove videos, but you won't. But you tap through me. I mean, you're not on TikTok. No. That's but, what I'm but, saying. But, but those TikTok videos go to reels, and I make cooking yeah, reels. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna Instagram, send you my, Instagram has now become the Facebook of, of I'm gonna send social you media. My, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to send you my cooking it. reels. As a matter of fact, I have oh, one. Youths. I have clips waiting okay. from a roast that I made from the uh, – there's a cattle company that has sponsored Jordan and I. Okay. The uh, Great American Rancher or something. Anyway, I, I have – if you go to my Instagram, you can, you can see it, but we have a deal set up where you punch in the code, you get a free steak, the whole thing. I like it's it. It's really good. But a cattle ranch up in North Dakota, they love their cows like they like we would dogs. So they're stress-free. So the meat comes. Like I made an incredible roast the other night, sirloin tip roast. It was, it was fantastic. But where I got into the whole thing, I think it was my fingers, and it's hereditary from my grandfather, they crack. Especially in the winter, so they start cracking. So they get so so you touch your meat, your meal prep, and then you, you gotta Sorry? wash them. Excuse me, you gotta wash them all the time, and you're so it's all, so they're getting brittle. I can't do that. Can't have my hands. You know, I gotta get the the manicure's gotta stay nice and fresh. The whole thing. So meat comes from cows. Yeah. Cows I associate with horns, Longhorns, Longhorns, Texas, Texas Longhorns. Texas has a city called Houston. Patrick Creighton. Host for ESPN Houston is going to join us next. He's the Houston Astros. Look at that. That was a more clunkier segue. Are, of course, in the ALCS. That thing's going to get started up again in about an hour. Let's get the thoughts there. And also, it's a tie-in. Texans, I think, are coming to town next week, right? Let's maybe take a quick look. Fitness check Let's take, uh, we're going to get trouble. to it. we we got a lot to get to, man. It's Kofi the Company live for Silver 7s. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7s Hotel and Casino. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, you heard it. No Cofield, though. On his way to South Bend, Indiana. You know he's got a pretty big game with the Notre Dame coming up this weekend. Cofield on the road for that. Want to let all you know that uh, speaking of being on the road on Sundays after Raiders games, guess what? I'm over at Crazy Horse 3, and you can be there too. How about we give away a nice little VIP table for those of you who want to come and join me? You don't have to use it when you know, you're hanging out with me, but still, why don't you check it out over at Crazy Horse 3. Caller number 6, 364-1100, Get a Crazy Horse 3 VIP table. Includes two buckets of beer, bottle service, and a little bit more. Are you a believer that our phones are always listening? Our phones are always listening. Yes. Yeah. I was just swiping. That's it. Huh? I, I was just swiping through. I was going to say, what a way to bring in Patrick Creighton. Well, we'll ask Patrick Creighton <laughs> the same thing, but you know, Patrick Creighton, host out of ESPN Houston. I was going to lead off with something fancy about Jose Altuve and the slump and the Astros, but Patrick, do you believe our phones are always listening to us? Hey, not only should they be listening to you, but I want an invite to Crazy Horse, man. <laughs> Whatever you want. Whatever you want. I believe that hey, the FBI I'm, is always watching. I'm, I'm landing around midnight, so you know, oh, I'm, I'm ready to, to hang out and party in Vegas for a few days. Oh, you, look oh, well, you don't even need to go to Allegiant on Sunday. Just go hang out with JVT. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so, so, Patrick, we'll get to the Texans and, and that, uh, that matchup with the Raiders. It's a little bit further down the road. Let's start with um, today. We're going to get the ALCS uh, resumed in about an hour or so. So uh, I'll just start with that. I think the main storyline is Jose Altuve. I saw you tweeting about this. So what do you think the deal is, is he is in the midst of a slump in the midst of a very important stretch here for the Houston Astros? You know, it's, it might be the worst slump Altuve has ever had. I don't think he's ever been 0 for 19 before, yeah. and they're 4-0. So, you know, the fact that Altuve usually 
as Altuve goes, the Astros go. That's kind of the normal way things work. When Altuve's hot, the Astros are unstoppable. When Altuve's cold, they lose games they shouldn't. They're still winning. And they're winning at the most important time of the year. Because the rest of the team, the depth of the team, is showing through. I'm not worried about Jose Altuve. We've seen Altuve go through some slumps before. And when he comes out of them, then he'll go like 11 for 19 and rip it like 550 for three weeks and, you know, 400 for a month. That's just who Altuve is. As long as he's not injured, and judging by the way he's been playing defense, he doesn't look injured. I'm not worried about Jose Altuve. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, like, what is what's the atmosphere around this series like? Because obviously we know about the, the the past between these two, and it ties back to everything that happened with the garbage cans and the cheating scandal and whatnot. Is this is this atmosphere as charged as I would perceive it to be, or is that kind of died down? Because that had it did happen a little bit ago, and you know it's already 2022. Or is this something that hey we don't forget, and this is going to be a series that's going to get. Nasty's probably not the right term, but there's going to be quite a lot of emotion around the city and around that uh, arena when it gets started. As charged as you think it is, it's more. Yeah. And, and that's because Yankees fans and Yankees media act like the Yankees are some innocent, you know, knight in white armor who have never done anything wrong that were severely egregious by the evil orange team. So they can't help but talk back. And if you heard the end of game five against the the Guardians, Yankee fans were chanting, bleep Altuve. I don't have to tell you what bleep is, but it runs truck. Okay? <laughs> and if you're not even playing the Astros, and that's what you're chanting, and because I'm from New York and most of my friends are Yankees fans, I can tell you they chant bleep Altuve damn near every game. So that is not something that's lost on the Houston crowd who wants to rub it in their faces. Brian Cashin made comments uh, right before the season about how he's offended when people say the Yankees haven't won a World Series before 2009 because the only reason they didn't win was because of the evil, cheating, nefariousness of the Astros when his team's been caught cheating since 2015. And, and we just pretend like that doesn't exist. Astros fans want to rub it in their faces because the Yankees talk the most junk and act the most aggrieved when they're just as dirty as the Astros. Yeah, this is, this is very much a charged-up series. And uh, it's funny because since 2015, every time the Yankees and the Astros play, it's kind of like when Michael Jordan's Bulls and Patrick Ewing's Knicks used to play. We know how it ends. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of Patrick Creighton, host ESPN Houston, who could possibly be doing a meet-and-greet with JVT at Crazy Horse this weekend. He's flying into Las Vegas. Why? Because the Texans are playing. But let's keep it there. You're not worried about Altuve tonight. Valdez takes the mound. Against maybe a tired Yankees team, they had a couple of rainouts, so they've had to play right through. But Valdez, 0-1, 6.7 ERA in three starts. Uh, Severino hasn't been all that much better against the Astros. I actually think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I ran some numbers to see what game twos did. Uh, if, they, if they ran low throughout since the wild card they or or high whatever they did it was five two and one the opposite way over or under i think it's going to be a high scoring game tonight what do you think about tonight's matchup i think fromber presents uh, a challenge to the yankees because look the yankees led the league in home runs at 254 homes the astros were second in the american league they had 214 so a little bit of a drop off yankees had a ton of home the yankees are also the most reliant offense on the home run, 51% of their runs came via the long ball. So if they don't get the homers, 
they don't score runs. They've got to get homers with guys on base. Game one, they couldn't get guys on base because 17 of them were striking out. Now, they're not going to strike out as much against Framber Valdez, but Valdez will still strike out about a guy in inning. And he's going to get ground balls, and he's going to get double plays. It's going to be hard for them to manufacture runs against Framber Valdez. So uh, if, if they can't get the ball in the air, the Yankees are going to have trouble scoring again. So, Patrick, let's shift our focus. Houston Texans coming to town against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm looking at the current injury report. A lot of guys that did not participate yesterday were full participants today, including former Raider Malik Collins and, most importantly, Las Vegas Brevin Jordan. He was out with an ankle injury. He was limited yesterday. He was a full participant today. Uh, before we talk about Brevin, though, what do you think? pair of one-win teams going at it. How do you see this this game, the matchups in terms of, you know, uh, mentalities, coaching matchup? Well, listen, both of these teams have more than one win. The Texans should probably have four wins, and the Raiders probably have three, <laughs> at least two. So I, I don't think either team's as bad as the record says they are. They're both flawed teams. I thought the Raiders would be a lot better. I'm surprised that uh, Carr and Adams haven't been as prolific a connection as I thought they would be. Um, I, I'm not you guys probably share a little more light on that, but I thought those two guys would, would, would have a, a huge impact. You see what Tyreek Hill is doing in Miami. You guys got 170 yards like, what, three times already. So I thought we'd see more from, from Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, but I also think that as the season goes along, those two guys are going to figure it out, and they're going to start scoring a lot of, scoring a lot of points. Uh, the Texans, look, they're going to try to run the ball. Damian Pierce is their best offensive weapon. That guy is an absolute beast. Uh, the offensive line has, has been better. They're still inconsistent. Uh, you can still get to the quarterback because they, they have these hiccups that really can't be explained. It's the same five guys who play every snap, but for some reason there'll be one quarter in the game where all of a sudden they forget how to talk to each other. <laughs> so you can get pressure. You can get in the backfield. You've got to be able to wrap up Damian Pierce because that guy busts through arms tackles like no, like it's nobody's business. Uh, for... Uh, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins. Nico Collins was on the injury report with an Achilles and a wrist, but he looks like he's going to play. Uh, you mentioned Brevin Jordan. He's, he hasn't played for three weeks. He's had this ankle injury. Uh, he looks like he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, they like what they've gotten from Jordan Akins and O.J. Howard. Their, their tight end room is better today than it was to start the season. Uh, they like that they can use Jordan Akins and Brevin Jordan basically in the same packages, so you can disguise what you're doing better because both of those guys are kind of interchangeable. Uh, but I think this is a game, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think they, they'll match up pretty well against each other. I think they can exploit each other's weaknesses. Uh, and we might see we might see a decent offensive performance here. Patrick, we're up against it. We appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, sir. No problem, fellas. Appreciate it. Four o'clock hour on the way.